As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Well, you just stare that big sucker right back in the eye, and you remember what old Jack Burton always says at a time like that. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir, the check is in the mail. Shall we play a game? Say hello to my little friend! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Home Class Movie Chat. We're your host, Kat. And Paul. A married couple that just loves to talk about all things movies. We certainly do. And after last week's awesome episode of Father of the Bride 2, we decided to keep the ball rolling and go down that path once again. We just couldn't resist doing Father of the Bride Part 2. Exactly right. And this one, this was actually, I thought was a, a great movie, a little bit more... Yeah, financially, you have to try to put that aside. Um, It was released on December the 8th, 1995. Man, that's a long time ago. Yeah. 1995. 106 minutes. Now, unfortunately, this only got 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. So if you remember last week, I said anything 60 and over is considered a really great movie. The very first one was 70% Rotten Tomatoes score with a six and a half out of 10. This one only came in at 52% Rotten Tomatoes score, which means it it was not as popular as number one, which- it, Yeah, there were a few things that, that were a bit out over the top with it. And um, it, it didn't quite have that same authentic ring that the first one did, but it was still a really fun movie. Yeah, I like, the, I like this one. I mean, the budget for this movie was 30 million. The budget for the other one- was 20 million and you think okay so you spent an extra you know 10 million dollars i wonder how it's going to go well the first one made 129 million at the box office this was only 76.6 million so wow you really see that it 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 made its money back but not not a huge amount though it wasn't a box office runaway success as the first one unfortunately so but you know it's it's one of those things you try and possibly strike you know get the lightning to strike again Sometimes it doesn't work, unfortunately. But I I think that this movie, yeah, I loved it. What did you think about it? I really liked it. I didn't like it quite as much as the first one, but I did think it was cute. Do you remember now, the first time you saw it? Huh? Do you remember the first time you ever saw this one? When it first came out? No, that's yeah, me too. At the, at the cinema. Yeah, but it was interesting, though, that Diane Keaton, when she was given the script for the movie, nearly refused to do the film when she found out she was supposed to be pregnant at nearly 50. They say it took a a big bag of humbugs and a lot of pleading from Steve Martin and Nancy Myers to get her to do it. And had Diane Keaton declined to reprise her role as Nina Banks, she would have actually been written out as having divorced George, Steve Martin's character, because of his constant complaining about having to pay for the wedding in the first film, Father of the Bride. And George would have remarried and had his child with a second wife. However, Steve Martin, Nancy Myers, and Martin Short were ultimately able to convince Keaton, obviously, to reprise her role so the initial storyline of the pregnancy didn't have to change. I'm glad they did that. I re- I am really glad. I mean, she is Nina Banks. I mean, she she is she's great at her character, you know. Yeah, she and maybe and maybe a couple of hundred extra, an extra couple of hundred thousand would have just put the icing on the cake for her. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it go it goes a long way. You know, I mean, I'm not I'm not thinking that Arnold Schwarzenegger would have been a good choice for for um George Banks. So you know, we can't. I couldn't really see anyone really doing a better role in uh, Nina Banks than. 
Diane Keaton. Thank and you. I and I think that in all honesty, the way that it was in number one, that okay, he was complaining a lot. But the fact is that she and he had a had a good connection and a good yeah. chemistry on on set. So you can really see that her divorcing George, it would have been something a lot more catastrophic than just complaining. Really. I, I mean, don't know. After a few years, you get tired of that. Trust really? me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. But um before we get started, now podcasts live and die on word of mouth. So what we would love you to do is if possible, and you don't have to stop the podcast, you can do this. You can text people while you're listening to us on the podcast, <laughs> text or call someone and say, Hey, I'm listening to this podcast, the home class movie chat with Kat and Paul, and they are actually pretty good. And I think you should, you'd really like to watch the, to listen to this podcast. It's just so, a lot of fun. Yeah. We just have a lot of fun. This is nothing serious. This is just a married couple, just doing what they're doing, just talking to each other in a studio about, a movie that they've watched that they actually enjoy. So as I said, podcasts live and die by word of mouth. So if you could maybe tell two or three friends and word of mouth can build up and we can get a more successful podcast Then I mean, we're starting to get mildly successful. So I'd love to see it get a little bit further up. So if you could, that'd be awesome. But now before we start the podcast, I think we should listen to the trailer of Father of the Bride 2. So sit back and relax because here is the trailer for Father of the Bride Part 2. For George Banks, life was good. It was wonderfully, uneventfully predictable. Hey! Hey, Dad, you hear the news? What news? But not for long. Hi, Dad. <laughs> I know what it is. You bought a house, right? Man, I thought you guys were going to have a baby. <laughs> Get out of here. Tell him. I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> Congratulations. Grandpa. <laughs> Here's what I'm thinking. I want to look younger. Mm -hmm. Now it's out with the old. Young, right? <laughs> it's bitchin'. Bitchin'? In with the new. <laughs> hey, what do you think? I look like the guy you married, right? Kinda. George, what's gotten into you, honey? And, kids, you're gonna have a baby. He's right back where he started. Excuse me? Oh, the, the bread and the bobby? Get out of town! You know, I was, I was just adjusting to being a grandfather. I think I'm gonna faint. Honey, I need to know how you feel about all this. No, they don't have hot dogs. Don't, 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 don't. George? No! I feel super about it. At least going to the movies, that'll be economical. One child, two seniors, thanks. This Christmas, we have Sturks, of course. Sturks? The best things in life. Are the least expected. Dad, what are you taking? Well, Dad hadn't been sleeping so well lately, so I thought I'd take a couple of very mild sleeping pills. I couldn't sleep at all. You gave him sleeping pills? Mom! What? This is it. <laughs> Touchstone Pictures presents Steve Martin. Hey, man, what's with that face, huh? Look at those! Give me, give me! Diane Keaton. Nice timing, I know. Dad! I'm ready. Let's do it. Martin Short. George? They're bonding here, aren't they? We're moving her into delivery. These women are my life. And Kimberly Williams. Dad. Baby. Father of the Bride, part two. I have the chair for the prostate exam. What? Where your father go? I don't know. He was just here. Come on in. Do I know you? 
a Nancy Myers, Charles Shire film. Now, I love the fact that 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 trailer doesn't give everything away. I'm sick to death of trailers that give the entire storyline away where you sit there and go, really, do I have to watch the movie now? You've shown me all the good bits. And believe me, I have, I, you know, cause I've got the horror crypt and I have seen horror movies that you can sit there and go. So why am I watching the movie when you've shown me the beginning of it, the excellent parts of it, the, the special, you know, the, the, the tense parts of it. So, I'm glad this actual that trailer doesn't do that, which is which is good. But the movie actually opens up where we begin the as the film begins four years after the event of the first one, with George Banks telling the audience that he's ready for the empty nest that will soon arrive with all his children growing up. And I I, I love this initial monologue that he does. Now remember, he breaks the fourth wall like he did in the first one, and he talks directly to us. So this bit of sound grab that you're going to listen to is him telling us exactly. How excited that he is that um, his nest will be emptying very soon. Father of the bride. I never thought I'd say this, but that whole experience was a piece of cake compared to the roller coaster I've been on this past year. I admit it took me a while to recover from the wedding, but eventually life got back to normal, which is exactly the way I prefer life to be. After the dust settled, I began to realize what a lucky guy I was. I had a wonderful home filled with memories and completely paid for, a wife I love just as much as the day I married her, a daughter, independent, self-sufficient, married, working, happy, a son blossoming in the middle of middle school, and a son-in-law gainfully employed and very often out of town on business. Life was sweet. I felt for the first time ahead of the game. Then it dawned on me. I was a mere five years away from freedom. Soon I'd be a father with one kid married and the other off in college, and that started me thinking. What was I going to do with all that free time? Anything I wanted. Maybe I'd take up fly fishing, travel to exotic places, climb Mount Everest. I was feeling on top of the world. And that's when they lowered the boom on me. It was like that old joke. All those who think they have it made, take one step forward. Not so fast, George Banks. It was about a year ago when it all started. Well, nine months ago to be exact. So now I do like the fact that he does he does have that little backwards and forwards with uh, basically giving us the, the setting up of the movie, what he's actually excited about. It makes us feel like we're part of this family and community. It does. Yeah. Now, before we move on from this, I just want to point out that although this sequel to Father of the Bride in 1991 is not a remake of Father's Little Dividend, which came out in 1951 and was actually the sequel to the original Father of the Bride with Spencer Tracy in 1950, the opening of both films, including the narration spoken to the camera by the father character, are virtually identical. No, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I Well, I mean, as I said, I've not seen Father's Little Dividend, and I've not seen the original Father of the Bride in 1951. So Now, there's also a couple of things I'd like to point out about this opening sequence. Yeah. Okay, because in the very opening sequence, Annie and Brian's wedding invitation is framed and shown on a little side table next yes. to where Steve Martin is sitting. I like it that. states that the wedding will be held on Saturday, October 30th, 1991. 
And but which was a Wednesday, not a Saturday. Whoops. Oh God. Come Additionally, on. they were married on January 6th. Okay. And Annie's name is shown on her wedding invitation is Anne Elizabeth. But in the f- original father of the bride, when they get married, we hear the minister give her name as Anne Catherine during the ceremony. Oh, Oopsie. God. Continu- Hello. Continuity, people. Continuity. <laughs> you know, go back to the first movie and see what you did and just follow that. It's kind, It's not that it's not that hard, surely. Yeah. Now, the set that was used for the interior of the bank's home, get this, had to be rebuilt from scratch for the sequel. With no presumption of a sequel during production of the original film, the set was destroyed (laughs) after production was completed. The set crew had to recreate the entirety of the set based on only a few remnant sketches of the original set and had to estimate most measurements based on known sizes of various reference items in the original film. But potentially my favorite piece of trivia about this movie is that when the movie opened, aspiring country singer Brad Paisley, who has my is one of my personal favorites, went to see it in the hopes that an ex-girlfriend that he'd seen the first father of the bride film with in 1991 would be there. She didn't show. But as he told an Atlanta radio station later, he sat in the theater watching the, the film and watching um, Kimberly Williams in the title role of the bride yeah. um, say to himself, I could marry a girl like her. And then a few years later, he not only married a girl like her, he married that particular girl, actress Kimberly Williams Paisley. Wow. Yeah. I love that. I that absolutely, is, that makes me happy. That is a lovely story. Yeah, that really that is. One. But of course, now we're seeing that George is apparently, you know, because you see George coming home, he's driving home because, you know, he's he's all excited about just finishing work like we all do. And he comes home. But of course, when he's coming home, he was already told that there was going to be that Annie and and Brian are going to be they, they, they're coming over to tell them something. Yeah. And of course, when they get home, you know, George's first idea, which is everyone's, I well, not everyone's, but his first idea is like, well, you know, there is a good chance that she could be moving and she could be moving back east as in Boston. And she and he was like, you know, you don't think there's a possibility because they did say that she was she could and it might be something. And of course, when he comes into the house, we also see Brian's parents in there. So they come up with the idea of like, do you think they, it's what we're they think, thinking? They think she's pregnant. Yeah. And he's like, uh, what are you thinking? And he and they go, well, you know, and the, and he's like, and he doesn't at this moment George doesn't get it he's like well no I think it could be that they might be moving back east like to Boston and they're like oh so they all sit down of course Brian and Annie do arrive yep nothing that piece of trivia is irrelevant now what were you going to say never mind oh okay um, so Annie and Brian do come in and you know, they all go into the living room they sit down and of course they're like okay so what's what's the news you know what's what's happening and um, you know they they go through the list of well, is it a job transfer? Well, no, not really. Is it a house? Because you know, you guys have don't have your don't have a house right now, and you know, you've always wanted to. And then, you know, of course, Maddie pipes off with a house. I thought you were going to say you were going to have a baby. And they also like, and of course, you see Annie's face drop as if it's like, oh shit, he, he just it. stole my thunder. Thanks a lot, brother. Yeah, but she looks at Brian and goes, "Well," and he goes, "Well, tell him." And he, the, she goes, "Well." You wish came true, I'm going to have a baby. And everyone jumps up and screams, yeah, yeah. And, of course, George gets up and looks towards Brian. 
And Brian? Like, I never did like that Brian McKenzie. And he <laughs> turns into this guy wearing a pencil thin mustache, drinking a martini, wearing his smoking jacket, going. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you really. You know, that's how every dad looks at oh, every guy that ends absolutely, up. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, as, as we go along and, you know, in, in, there's a bit, a bit of a backward and back and forth conversation up in the bedroom with the uh, Brian with uh, sorry, with George and Nina and, He's like, you know, we're we're too we're too young to be, you know, grandparents. Because she's the one who brings up grandmother, and he's like, yeah. I'm too young to be a grandfather. And I like his idea. The reason that he doesn't want to be that he is too young to be a grandfather because he says, "Well, I wear baseball caps and sneakers. That's not what grandpa grandfathers wear." So I, I'm hip, you know. So what does George do in his vain attempt to be young? He goes and has a bit of a change. What does he do? I was going to say something, and now I can't remember what it was because I couldn't get a word in it twice. I'm sorry. <laughs> we need to have like a sarcasm sign to hold up. No, I need to start taking notes when the thoughts come in so I can remember them. <laughs> but, of course, he goes to a um, a salon, and he, he's trying to say to the person that he wants something different because he's got gray hair. So he wants to be – he wants a change. He wants a different look. And – with the shampooing and him dancing backwards and forwards, we find out that he has dyed his hair black. Well, before we actually went there, oh, he brown. was... Huh? Brown, it says brown. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, I thought it looked quite good on it. It looks really good. It takes I mean, a lot I, of years I love Steve Martin's white hair. I think it's very becoming on him. But yeah. the brown isn't bad at all. No, it really looks great. Um, You know, but he's sitting there saying that at 52, he can't be a... um a grandfather and oh wait a second no i'm jumping ahead never mind yeah no he's just very very much along that line of like you know i'm, I'm way too young but of course he does decide that he goes and changes his hair color and <laughs> so he goes home and nina um well she hasn't seen because where he parks the car she can't see him coming into the house so she's busy doing some washing up in the in the kitchen as you do and he walks in and he goes up behind her and embraces her very seductively. And this is when she turns around and looks at him. And of course, he's got these dark black sunglasses on. And she screams and he takes his glasses off. And he goes, so what do you think? And she goes, um, and what's the first thing she says? Uh, is it permanent? And he goes, well, if, if you want it to be. And she goes, well, you know, and no. he's like, no. And she's she's happy the way that, she, that he is. But of course, we find out that Maddie is staying over at Cameron's place tonight. And these two have got the house all to themselves. And so they stay on the kitchen floor. Well, when the mood takes you, you might as well just, you don't need a bed, as they say. You can have the floor, the kitchen. That, counter. Uh, I'm sorry, but at our age, I wouldn't be trying to do it on the floor. No, I couldn't get up from the floor. My point exactly. <laughs> I would sit there and go, okay, we can do it on the floor, but you need a third person to lift us up off the floor. <laughs> Train the dog to pull us up. Yeah, exactly right. So, you know, then after we see that the lights go down and they go into shadow, the next scene we see is post-coital, as they say. And they're sitting there. And, of course, the, the roof starts to leak because it's raining outside. Now, you and I had a conversation back backwards and forwards about why this is implausible. Do we have a, a, a fact about this? Stop trying to lead me into my trivia. I'm sorry. Um. But there, but I actually, okay. So another movie that Diane Keaton did, which is actually one of my absolute favorites of hers was Baby Boom. Yes, I know you said okay. that last episode, yeah. And they're sitting in the kitchen and it's starting to drip. 
And she's and they're talking about the house falling apart and they're joking about selling it because it's be easier than trying to fix everything. And she sits there and she says, first, the heating went, then the gas thing broke, then the plumbing froze. This is actually the series of events that happened to her character in Baby Boom with the house in, in Vermont. Really? Yeah. Well, I've got a little bit of a sound, a um, little bit of the movie that we can play with his deciding exactly why we're going to sell the house. No, let me finish saying my okay. trivia. I'll let you know when you can say your bit. Okay. <laughs> you your bit. So, but, but when he's showing her his hair and they're sitting on the floor, water, as I said, water starts dripping from the ceiling. Hmm. But if you stop and think about it, this is a two-story house. The only floor that should be getting water from the roof is the second floor because <laughs> the only way they'd be getting it like that is if like a bathroom, a bathtub or, or sink were leaking. Yeah. And it's only been since 1995 until last night for me to figure that one out. Yeah, I know. That's how much I have not taken, really taken that much close scrutiny of a movie to actually see yeah. that. Yeah, why is the roof leaking when we're on the first floor first, and we've got a, first of two floors? Yeah, and we've got a floor above us. Why yeah. is it dripping? So in this scene we're going to listen to, we're going to hear George telling Nina exactly why it is that they're going to sell the house or they what they are they why they want to sell the house. Ah. Hey, hey, didn't ah. we just pay 900 bucks to have this roof fixed? I swear to God, this house is starting to fall apart. First the heating went, the gas thing broke, the plumbing froze. I don't know, sometimes I I think I would just like to wash my hands of this whole thing, George. What is it? What what do you think? I have a brilliant beyond brilliant idea. Uh yeah. I say we sell this dump. <laughs> right. I'm serious. George, what are you, crazy? Honey, last year you said you want to be buried in the backyard. Now you're telling me you want to sell this? <laughs> Nina, uh, listen, Maddie's in school every day till six. You're at work. I'm at work. You know, let's get rid of it. Let's not be so by the book, you know. Let's let's be adventurous. Let's loosen up. I don't know. I mean, if we sell the place, then we won't have room for the baby. What we, Kimosabi? It's not our baby. It doesn't need its own room in our house. Well, what about Maddie? Oh, like Maddie wouldn't love living at the beach? The, oh, the beach? Mr. Sunscreen, please, George. I mean, now you want to live at the beach? Hey, you're the one who always said that one day before you're old, you want to live by the ocean. I I'm know, telling but... you, Nina, this, this leak is an omen. You know, we could sell this place in a second. You know, it's the leave it to beaver house that everybody wants. You know, we'd have enough money to buy a, a condo. You know, we could get a boat. We could travel. And then I could get that Harley I always wanted. Harley, honey. Oh, George, this has been a very big day for you. First your hair and then this uh, thing. I just, I think we should think about things, okay? Okay, but will you think about it, really? Well, will you wash that stuff out of your hair, really? Okay, I'll make you a deal. Okay? Mm -hmm. One more thing goes wrong with this house, we'll put it up for sale. You have my word on it. As luck would have it, termites attacked two weeks later. So we decided to give it a test run, see if we got any nibbles. So I love the scene where... You know, they're saying, okay, you know, if one more thing goes wrong, and it's Nina that says this because George is ready to sell like tomorrow. And she's like, whoa, 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 don't get too ahead of yourself. If one more thing happens, then you can then sell the house. We would put it up for sale. And exactly what happens two weeks later? Termite strike. <laughs> and you see a big tarpaulin, a bit like almost like a 
a big circus tent over the entire house being fumigated for termites. I must have so, fallen asleep because I missed that whole scene. Uh, you must have been because, I, yeah, it's it's so clear that he says, as luck would have it, two weeks later, termite strike. So we put, put the house up. So, you know, you can see that was going backwards and forwards. So, you know, he is. And, he, of course, he puts the house up. And now it, he says... It says in here, George puts the house on the market without telling Tina or without telling Nina. That is absolutely wrong because there is a for sale sign on the front lawn. Unless you are roping your wife into the basement and no, never allowed to leave, how the hell does she not know that they're going to sell the house? She knows no, no, it anyway. No, no, no. She knew they were going to sell it. And so they, they decided to do a test run and we put it up and absolutely no nibbles. Until the termite strike, and then they put the for sale sign up onto the, the front lawn, yeah. 100%. And then they got a big nibble. Yeah. And the, the big nibble? Was, was Mr. Habib, played by Eugene Levy. And the amusing part is that he was the wedding singer at the audition in the first film, and Mr. Habib in the second film. He's awesome. I, I like yeah, I him. like Eugene Levy. I really do. I like his character. And if anyone's actually seen the American Pie movies, he was the father in the American Pie, yeah. the very first one. Um, so it really, you know, Mr. Habib does come to the house and says, you know, we'll throw in extra money for the dishes. We will pay whatever you want, but you need to be out of the house within 10 days. Now, he ends up giving George a bonus $15,000 to speed up the escrow period because normally it's 90 days yeah and he pays them in 15 one thousand dollar bills and they were actually very rare even back in 1995 and worth more than their face value i was going to say to you i've never ever known there to be a thousand dollar bills so yeah. they are real though yeah oh okay they're I've, just very rare yeah i mean i guess if you're financial like mr habib then um so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so they basically are, uh, you know, going, you know, and of course, Mr. Habib is going to pay him the 15000 Of course, Maddie is the only one of reason. He says, um, Dad, you better talk to Mom about this. And he, he basically shushes Maddie up and gets using the, the way Mr. Habib shushed his wife. Yeah. And it was almost like, come and kill him to say, I didn't kill him. Yeah. To shut up, you know. So at the, at the uh, dinner, that night and if, and if i butchered something in arabic and said something really obscene i apologize yeah we are not fluent in in arabic no, no um so. so in the next uh scene we see they're at the dinner table and we've got the whole family including brian and brian's parents there and we're going backwards and forwards about the name of the baby that's going to be born and it is well you know uh the baby should be named after their paternal grandfather which is really what they're saying is it's brian's father you know, because as Brian's father says to George, well, you've already got Maddie to carry on the family name. So it's, it should be really simple that you, that he would, you know, the baby would be named after outside the family. And starts giving a whole lot of different names. And of course, they go backwards and forwards. And there starts to be a bit of an argument because what they thought was going to happen was going to be, uh, it was going to be Banks McKenzie. And of course, this is when it really comes down to, well, no, maybe I think we're just going to drop the banks and just leave it as McKenzie. So this this argument starts up and this is when, you know, Annie looks at her father and says, say something, change the, the, the topic. And the topic is changed to, oh, guess what? I sold the house today. And everyone stops talking. Yeah. And... Now, before, before we get all yeah. into that, 
I just want to point out that there was a huge discussion about the whole Banks McKenzie thing. And then they were saying to make an anagram of the last names and create a new last name like Zankman, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, And of course they did end up naming him George. Yes, they do. Although it's interesting that they call him George Jr., but he wouldn't be George Jr. because George is the grandfather. Yeah. And Jr. would have been his son, not son, his grandson. Yeah, not his but grandson. Anyway, um, but it actually never ends up being revealed at all during the film what his last name is, except to say that it's not Zankman. No, that's right, because he does say it's not Zankman, is it? And, and he goes, Isn't Zankman the no. character in the Ghostbusters? Venkman. Oh, Venkman, that's right. Yeah. Um, so this whole conversation that he's now told everyone that they sold the house and, 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 and he goes like, I can't believe you actually did it. I didn't think you were serious. And, and she gets very emotional and it is, it's very emotional because she's lived in the house since she was six years of age, you know, five, uh, five was it five? Yeah. She, yeah. She said that she moved in when she was five. Oh, okay. But there, and there's actually a, a basketball montage where George is thinking about Annie growing up in that house and then playing basketball together. And I think it's amusing that we see her wearing a pair of Reeboks, even though George has his own shoe company called Sidekicks. Whoops. Which is an awesome name for a shoe company. Yeah, I didn't see that one. Yep. So and so this is when Nina goes, well, that's okay. You know, you've sold the house. That's fine. Um, so we've got, what, 90 days? And he goes, well, yeah, but I've got extra money to be out in 10 days. And she goes, what? 10 days? You don't even know where we're going. Yeah. And it was just for the extra fifty. And the, this is when, of course, Maddie goes, "Oh yeah," and to sweeten the deal, Dad threw in your in your best dishes your favorite too. Favorite dishes. And it's like, what, George? <laughs> and this is where we see that George looks at Maddie and goes, "I'll kill him," as if to say, "Shut up." <laughs> yeah. So we now see that this is the the day that we're actually moving out of the house. So it's really been accelerated, but they have got nowhere to go. But luckily, the Mackenzies are going on a cruise, a cruise. in the Caribbean. So it's it works out perfectly. They're going to go and stay at the mansion, and while they're trying to find a house to to buy. But of course, as we go along this whole thing, and they're taking photographs of trees, and you know, Nina says, "Would you like to stand next to your favorite part of the of the fence, George?" And then. Annie comes back and she goes, Annie comes down from the back garden saying, oh, here's, you know, some leaves from the tree. And mum, did you take a couple of photographs of the tree? The, goes, the oh. tree that we carved our initials in, yeah. in the backyard. But in the first film, that tree is in the front yard. Front yard. Yeah. But she goes, oh yeah, no, I only took a roll. So it's like, okay. Yeah. I don't know how many, but you know what? People's and memories are people's while memories. she, while they're doing this, suddenly she's not feeling very well while they're packing. Yeah, and they think that it might be just the fact that, you know, she's just a little bit overworked with and everything that's going and, on and stressed, you know. And then she realizes, oh, I have all the symptoms, it's menopause. Yeah, because the next day they get a, she gets a phone call to go to see the doctor. And, and so, he wanted to see them together as a yeah. couple. And as they're walking down towards the doctor, she's like, oh, I've got it. Yep, it's, yep, I know what it is. And he's like, what? And she goes, oh, it's menopause. I've got all the symptoms. I'm weepy. I'm running hot and cold. I'm I'm bloated. I It's menopause. So they go into the doctor's office and they sit down. And, uh, well, I'm not going to actually say what happens. I'm actually going to let this little sound grab tell you exactly what happens when they go into the doctor's office. I didn't know what the doctor was about to tell us, but nothing, absolutely nothing could have prepared me for what I was about to hear. Nina? George? Well, we ran a panel on Nina's blood. Nina, 
Whatever it is, I just want you to know I'm here for you. And you can count on me. And okay. We're going to get through this together. Okay? So, uh, tell us, uh, what is it we can handle it? What's wrong with her? Nothing. Nothing that won't go away in nine months. Kids, you're going to have a baby. <laughs> Excuse me? Nina's pregnant. Oh, my God. Pregnant? <laughs> and who, may I ask, is the father? George. Don't George me, you two-timing Matahari. I swear, we haven't done it in six weeks. I haven't just felt myself lately, but pregnant? How could this happen, Nina Dickerson? Why are you calling me by my maiden name, you big jerk? And what do you mean we haven't done it in six weeks? What about that little escapade in the kitchen? Oh, please, that was a stupid nothing. I mean, that was a moment of pure insanity. Would you like to know how many moments of pure insanity I've delivered over the last 20 years? Phil, look at me. I'm about to be a grandfather. Things like this do not happen to men my age. Come on, Picasso had children well into his 70s. Oh, well, you know, Picasso. I mean, Picasso, I mean, there, he's the one guy in history who had kids into his 70s. But, you know, he's an artist. He can do anything he wants. I'm just, you know, I'm just a, a regular Joe. You know, regular Joes don't have, have babies at my age. You know, I was, I was just adjusting to being a grandfather. Oh, my God. I love the fact that when they go to when they're talking about it, and they and he uses her maiden name, and because she's like he's like, and exactly who is the father? And she's like, what do you mean? Who's the father? You know? And it's like and you you absolute harlot. <laughs> well, you remember that little escapade in the kitchen? And he goes, oh, that doesn't count. And of course, the doctor's like, yeah. Do you do you know how many doesn't count so I've delivered in the last twenty years? Yeah. So, so it really is. So now we see that. She's pregnant. Yep. And they actually have a significant discrepancy in this movie in the timeline because Nina becomes pregnant during the little escapade in the kitchen. But mm -hmm. by the time she starts to feel ill and is concerned about it, nearly eight weeks have passed because oh, it's two weeks before weeks. the termites attack, four weeks to sell the house, then 10 more days to move out, then one more day before visiting the doctors. This is over seven and a half weeks, assuming it took zero days to fumigate and put the house up for sale. It's an unrealistic amount of time for a mature woman to begin questioning how she's feeling and her health. Then oh. at the doctors, George says they haven't done anything for six weeks, to which Nina asked, what about that escapade in the kitchen? And they're, they're, they were both quite off in their timing. Oh, okay. And then as they're leaving, just after Nina finds out she's pregnant and she and George are discussing the whole thing, George asks if it could be a mistake made by the doctors. But just after that, when they run into Frank and Howard, the nurse hands her the ultrasound image. So, if, so George would have been there for the ultrasound and would have known that there was no error. Oh. <laughs> Well, now we're saying now when we actually go to the elevator and George is trying to play this very, very cool in front of Frank. Hello. <laughs> because he goes and has a bit of a nip and a tuck and everything else to keep himself looking fresh. And this is when the nurse comes and goes to, to Nina. Oh, so this is your, your, your you, you forgot your prenatal vitamins and here's a copy of the ultrasound. Yeah. Take and they're like, they're like, oh my. And she's like, yep, we're pregnant. And he goes, Oh, and then this is when she re then he she says to Frank, yeah, and uh, Annie's pregnant too. 
And it's like, oh my God. It's like, and this Frank is goes in, both Frank and um, Howard go into paroxysms of delight. And Frank goes, starts screaming that he, you must let me give them a shower. And a, yeah. A, a, a twin and, shower and he's like nope nope no nope. george <laughs> is adamant that this is not going to happen we are not going to be doing anything well, because like when that. they when they thought it was only annie that was pregnant uh nina was like oh we should get frank to do the baby shower and he's like i am not paying for frank to do a lousy baby shower exactly i've just paid for i've just finished paying for the wedding so yeah another yeah so as they're driving home, and I love this part of the movie, they're driving home and, you know, Nina and George have different perspectives on the prospect of becoming new parents again. Um, you know, they're yeah, both... when, when Nina's looking out the window, she's hearing on the sunny side of the street and all she sees are, you know, women skipping along with their daughters and girl and women pushing prams and just these perfect, happy families. And on the other side, <laughs> George's side is basically children running amok, throwing stuff at their parents, the parents having armfuls of toys and, and having to hold a child like it's on a dog leash, screaming and crying and carrying on. And I just love how George goes, yeah, I'm totally up for this. I'm ready. <laughs> it's like, I'm so not. excited. But of course, now we are actually heading over to Nina. So we took over to Annie and Brian's house because they want to know what's going on. Mum's gone to the doctors. Let's find out the, the, um, the outcome. So when we do get there, we find out, well, once again, I'm going to let the sound grab tell you exactly what actually Nina says when she is sitting in front of Annie. Well, I think, uh, Mom, you can tell me I'm a big girl. Well, honey, as it turns out, my my blood tests are fine. Good. Yeah. And I'm not even going for menopause. <laughs> I thought you were too young for that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> so what is it? Did he find anything? Well, actually, he did, didn't he? He did find a little something. <laughs> He did what? Believe it or not, your father and I, <laughs> we're going to have a baby. We're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, that is so unfunny. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if that were true? <laughs> I mean, you couldn't be. <laughs> You're serious? You're really pregnant? I'm due September 4th, Labor Day. Perfect timing, huh? <laughs> Labor Day. You know, we should go now. Mom, you're pregnant? Well, honey, it's not something we planned. Sometimes these things, they just happen. Who knew? You know, it was a rainy afternoon, and uh, Mom and I were all alone in the house. Then uh, one thing leads to another, and the next thing you know, hey. Daddy? At that moment, I wanted to crawl under the sofa and die. You old son of a gun. <laughs> son of a gun. I wish I had a gun. If it wasn't for this kid coming into our lives, none of this would ever have happened. Okay, I don't know what to say. That's okay. I just never thought we'd both be pregnant at the same time. Yeah. I'm not crying because I'm sad, really, because I'm not. No. What? what? I gotta get a Kleenex. Oh, Annie, don't, don't. Now, I, I can see why George is a little bit apprehensive because... You know, I understand that it's a, you know, as he says, you know, we've I felt like that we actually had reached the finish link, the finish line, and now we're right back at the starting gate. You know, and then, but I think he oversteps the mark when he says, 
you know he'll be uh, yeah will be 60 when he finishes college um but that'll be great when he when we go to the when we go to the movies you know one child two seniors and that we won't worry about him coming into the house because we'll be too deaf to hear about it you know or it'll it'll be great for him to visit be living with us at a retirement village so george has gone from one extreme to the one other one extreme to the other you know and as she says and as nina says i understand how old how old i am george you know, is this is not a new thing for me to suddenly go, oh, I'm this age. I know I'm pregnant. I know I'm this age. Just, you know, what am I supposed to do? You know, yeah. I can't help this. I can't help the, the age that I am. So he really does overstep that boundary to the point that she does say the don't follow me, Banks, to leave the house. And, yeah. and this is when he says in the little, you know, voiceover, you know, when she says the word Banks, I know I'm in deep shit. You yeah. know, and and he does pull it back and he does become very supportive. But there's this nice little section of him coming to grips with his age and the fact that he's going to be both a father and a grandfather at the same time. Yeah. And George Banks says he can't believe that at 50, he says at 52, I can't be a father. But interestingly, years later in real life, Steve Martin became a first time father at age 67. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so he, yeah. So he was 67 when he had his first actual child. And George's secretary mentions that former former President Bill Clinton is 31 days older than him, which means that George's birthday is September 19th, 1946. When George asked for his secretary to help him find famous celebrities who are older than him, she, of course, mentioned Bill Clinton being 31 days older than George. But in real life, Steve Martin is actually one year and five days older than Bill Clinton. Really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I like that. So we see that George has got nowhere to go because Nina has stormed out and has gone back to the mansion and he is not staying there. So Annie puts, his, puts him up for the night. But of course, she comes down uh, maybe early in the morning, maybe four or five o'clock in the morning, and he's gone and he's gone out for a walk. And as he's walking and, and he's just walking and walking and walking, he ends up on his street and he yeah. notices in this street, there is a wrecking ball in front of the house. So he bolts over to find out what's going on. And Mr. Habib plans to demolish the house and put two houses in its place which is pretty much what they're doing these days period they are absolutely he was a little ahead of the game in this movie and he does say to mr habib listen you know please don't demolish my dream my my, my memories. memories please don't demolish." yeah memories. because it's it's like um i painted these shutters i laid every um uh stone in this walkway i planted these flowers i painted this fence please don't demolish my memories yeah this is where, and, I, and I'm going to play this little grab of George buying back the house from Mr. Habib, but this is where, after we've played this, this sound grab, I want to come back and talk to a little bit about how unrealistic this part of the movie is, where it really now puts you even further out of the, the understanding and being able to relate to George. So we're going to hear George buying back the house from Mr. Habib. You have a problem, George. Mr. Habib, you didn't tell me you were going to tear down the house. <laughs> you didn't ask. Oh, I didn't ask because it just never entered my mind. But since you obviously don't want the house, I have the perfect solution. Sell the house back to me. I still have your check here in my wallet. I never even cashed it. I don't think so, George. See, I demolish house, build two in each place. This is a great piece of land. Mr. Habib, 
this is not a piece of land. This is my home, and I'm going to be a father again, and I don't want to bring my baby home from the hospital to a condo on the beach. I want to drive down that street, and I want to pull into this driveway, and I want to honk my horn, Hubby, and I want to... Yes, yes, okay, I know. <coughs> Mr. B, please. You see this pathway? I laid these bricks with my own two hands. I planted this grass. I, I built this fence. I broke that window with a frisbee. I painted these shutters. Don't bulldoze my memories, man. I'm begging you, sell me back my home. For how much? You want to make a profit on something you own for one day? Yes. Fine. Will $5,000 do the trick? <laughs> George, just another day ago, I turned down profit of 50000 on lot. Now, you want to double that? I consider selling back. You want me to take out a loan on something I own free and clear just 24 hours ago? Well, that is up to you, George. Your path, your fence, your memories. You don't know what you're asking, sir. I am the cheapest man alive. Then move aside, George, because I'm going to level the place. We go to work! Come, come! Go, go! Now, I don't know about you, and I'm sure there are people out there that can do this, but the ability to write a check on the spot for $100,000 is pretty much out of the possibility for most people. And we were talking, you and I were talking a little while ago about why he would say that he would have to take out a loan when he well, and yeah, Nina he, both he have very successful that, businesses. Yeah, he says to Mr. Habib, you're going to make me take out a loan to buy back a house that I owned freehold a week ago. A and then ago. writes out a check for a hundred grand. Yeah, one day ago, I, I owned it free and clear, and now you want a hundred thousand dollars. And as I said to you, I think it was a let's see if I can get one over on Mr. Habib and maybe do and the try old, and get him to come down a bit, or just give me the house back. But Mr. Habib's and and I love how George says, "Hang on, you want to you want you know you want to make a profit on something you've owned for less than a day?" And he goes, "Well, yes." You know, I will give you your house back, but give me a hundred thousand dollars. No, like, I mean, it, yeah, because they're saying you've had it like a day, but the truth is that he's, he's had it about a week. Yeah, and he's like, you know, I and he, I like how George says, "Mr. Habib, I am the cheapest man on the planet. I haven't even cashed your check yet. Here it is. I will give you that if you just give me the house back." And he's like, "Yep, I'll take that, but I want some profit. So, yeah. what profit are you going to give me?" So it really is. He's trying to call Mr. Habib's bluff. I have to go into hock to get the house back. So can you do something for me? And Mr. I mean, Habib in all fairness, Habib has employed the construction guys. So George should at least cover the cost of the construction guys. Which I think is what's going to happen for Mr. Habib. He's going to be like, okay, I'll pay the, the construction guys out of the $100,000. It's not coming out of my pocket. It's coming out of his. So, yeah, you know, so that's why I think that, you know, it really does start to do 
detach itself from the ability of us being able to really relate to George and his his family. So much so that what what does George do? He reluctantly hires Frank to do a baby shower, which is make a it beautiful, up to yeah. Yeah. The, he goes to the the mansion and says to Nina that he bought he bought the baby a gift, which was the house back. So twenty four hours later, they move back into the house, and he throws them a double baby shower with you know swans and everything else. Um, sorry, oh, with storks, not yeah, swans. Yeah. Storks. Now, in the theatrical trailer, a scene which is not included in the DVD is shown with Frank telling George and Brian that there will be storks at the really? baby shower. Oh, I I don't know why they cut movies down. Obviously, there's something in there that, that just doesn't better. work. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, but of course, this is another part of the movie where it's just a little bit unrealistic of what Frank ends up by convincing George to do. What would it be? Well, we're going to listen to the to the little uh, sound grab here as to what happens after the baby shower, what Frank ends up by getting George to do. After the shower, Nina was showing a few of her friends the new baby's room, and Frank started giving decorating tips. This is what I suggest. Firstly, if it were me, you know, but I would do some Christmas wonders at the next sweet San Marino lights still in. Therefore, the third trimester in the Banks family began with a remodel of what we now affectionately call the baby suite. I'll admit we got a little carried away, and it wasn't even all Frank's fault, although God knows I tried to blame him. Now, I don't know about you, but... Adding a baby suite slash wing to the house. How much do you think that would have run him into? Oh, gosh. I would hate to have thought because he they wanted this. I'm going to say easily that an, an, another at least 75 grand, if not more. And they wanted this this done before the baby arrives. Now, yeah. Nina's only got what? Five more. So this is not much time. So. <laughs> She's got a, a short amount of time before yeah. the baby arrives. So we are high speeding this now. And as I said, this is where it, it detaches itself from us being able to relate to George. And as he says in the little sound grab, it wasn't all Frank's fault to convince us to do a baby suite. But you and I, once again, were talking backwards and forwards about poor old Maddie. What was yeah, Maddie? I mean, you, you would have thought they would have written in a line where he's looking at it going, all I got was a room and this kid gets his whole as his own wing. <laughs> I mean, when we say it's a wing, it really is. They open up. Yeah. The room I have of to the... say though, it is absolutely glorious. It, it really is because when, you know, cause we also see the, a few weeks before the baby's due, Brian's called away to an emergency meeting in Japan, leaving Annie in George's and Nina's care. So okay, as... now I have some yeah. trivia about her moving in. Yes. Yeah. So when Annie moves in with her parents, George narrates that Nina was four weeks from her due date and Annie was two days past hers. However, the due date given for Annie was July 26th and the due date given for Nina is September 4th. If it is, in fact, two days after Annie's due date, making it July 28th, it would be a little over five weeks away from Nina's due date, not four weeks as stated. Now, there is something I wanted to ask you now, and I can't remember. And I want to talk about the Scrabble game, too. Okay. <laughs> okay. I can't remember. When is Labor Day in America? It what is date? the first Monday in September. So that is Nina's due date. Yes. Labor Day. Yep. Okay. Which yeah. is about five weeks from the end of July. Yeah. So, yep. it, so it really sees what's going on. But then we see that um, George comes home one day. I want to talk about the Scrabble game. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. 
So the, at one point they're playing Scrabble. And if you look closely, it's mostly pregnancy and childbirth related words. In particular, somehow one of the players managed to get episiotomy. <laughs> and you also see Turks. <laughs> S-T-E-R-K-S on the board, along with other pregnancy-related words. Sturks. Sturks. Okay. Oh, we want to have Sturks at the party. Oh, okay. So that's Frank's way of pronouncing. I can't. I'm sorry. I keep coming out sounding Irish. So that would have um, actually made sense if we had seen that scene in the movie. Yeah. We would have said and gone, oh, Sturks. Now we understand. Sturks. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yep. But, but no, when George comes home and he's ushered upstairs, by Frank, um, they he actually comes in. He, he he says to George, "Welcome to Babyland," and he opens up the door of the baby suite, and it is glorious, absolutely yeah. glorious. However, as we're walking around the room, and George looks at one of the toys, one of the stuffed animals, you just see him go, ah, as if to well, say, I can't, wow. "I can't believe Frank would not have left the price tag on that." Oh yeah, he would have. No, he wouldn't. Yeah, I think no, because the room's not finished if it's looking like a store. Yeah, well, but he, it's it's so beautiful, and of course, this is when Frank goes, "Oh, and here's the bill," and he goes, "Well, maybe don't open that now." No, just... he says, "Now, now, Don George, just remember how you feel right now." Yeah, maybe, maybe open it after I've gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but of course, he's actually. Um... And, it, and George is looking really tired because he hasn't now slept. In well, hold on. Before we get into that, yeah. though, he, he looks around and, and he turns to Frank and he says, Frank, this is truly beautiful. And, and Frank is like, oh, thank you. And he's like, that means, especially coming from you, George Bonks, that really means a lot. Yeah. And he and breaks really down does. and hugs him. And it really does because George does. is not one of these people that will come straight out and say it. You know, George is has always been on the fence of whether he really likes Frank or not. Yeah. But as we see, as the movie is going, coming to its conclusion, just about the, the bonding they're actually engaging in right now. Yeah. But it, so, it, oh, in fact, um, uh, he, well, no, it's, it's at one point he looks at him and he says, um, I think we're bonding. No, now. no, he, not yet. Yeah. Not yet. We're almost there. Yeah. Have, have we done the yoga scene yet or the jazzercise scene yet? Did oh yeah. This that? is, We've, we have passed that, but one of the one of the times that George is going to work, Frank is coming up the, the walk before and he And he says that it house. actually gives him a lot of comfort to know that Frank's there with them during the day. But he just doesn't know what they but do. What he does day. all day. And we see that both Nina and and uh, Frank and Annie are doing jazzercise. Yeah, Frank is leading them in jazzercise. Yeah, <laughs> and in they're the both house. wearing like really tight body suits, so they're like all belly. Yeah. <laughs> And this is after they've bought the house back from Mr. Yeah. Habib. So, you know, we're going through this. And, and of course, George, you know, this is now coming up on three days that he hasn't slept. And this is when Frank says, you know, you really haven't slept. And maybe you'd like to try some sleeping pills. And George is like, no, I don't talk, I don't take sleeping pills. And he's like, well, no, this is, you need your rest. And, he, and it, the, the, it is the native country called Vasnik. After George tells him he's not getting enough sleep. So George unknowingly, now, you know, Frank gives him two little pills. Yeah. So George goes down to and, have, and the know, doctor has assured them that it's safe. That nothing's gonna happen. No, no side effects, it's all fine. No, no, no. The doctor has assured them that no babies are coming anytime soon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no action's gonna happen tonight. So everything's fine. 
So George goes downstairs to have dinner and the family is there and Frank's being asked to have dinner with them. And so George, you know, is standing there and, and Maddie's sitting on the dining room, sitting at the dining room table and George throws them two little pills into his mouth and takes a sip of water. And he goes, and Maddie goes, what did you take? And he goes, oh, it's just some sleeping pills. Dad hasn't been getting enough sleep. So this is when he sits down and he says to Maddie, pass the rules and then bang. He's out, done, yep. gone. And so the family come into the room and he's like, well, what happened? And he, and of course, Maddie's like, it was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. He just said, pass the rolls. And then he was out and he goes, and of course, this is when Frank's like, what did he take? And he goes, I don't know, just two pills. And of course, this is and when Frank's Frank like, goes, he took both, both of them? them? Half of one and I'm goodbye. <laughs> and, he, and of course, I love how Frank goes, basically take two. Uh, bye-bye. See you next, next Thursday, George. <laughs> yeah, because and because then he's like, well, I only take a half of one and I'm out. And I love how how Nina goes. Well, are they safe? And he goes, well, yes, they're from my country. They're safe. And he goes, well, they're not re- they're not legal, but they're safe. I take <laughs> I take you know. And of course, this is when Annie because they they're dragging poor old George into the living room to try and get him comfortable. And this is when Annie is standing at the door and she's got a coat in one hand, her bag in the other, and she's like, excuse Mom. me, excuse me, Mom. Mom. And this is when she goes, Nina. And they should they turn around and go, what? And she's like, it's time. Now, Annie has had three, was it this th- about three? Yeah, th- yeah, she's had three false alarms. Three false alarms. So today is the it's going to happen. It's so this is when it's um go time. So this is when Nina says, Listen, you know, can you please drive us to the to the um to Frank, Frank? Can you please drive us? Because, I'm too big to get behind the wheel. Yeah, and, and Frank's like, I don't drive. <laughs> Oh yeah, but of course he manages to get into the car with a very barely coherent George in tow, and of course so they manage to get him into the car, and of course they've had a couple of mishaps along the way, but they do get to the hospital, and uh, so George happens to be escorted into the hospital, still extremely groggy from you know the sleeping pills, and one of the doctors, one of the sorry, and as the- they're checking in, they're getting um um. Uh- Annie. Annie into a, a wheelchair and saying, okay, we're going to get you up to delivery and mom, whatever. And George will be along and you see him leaning up. Frank had left him leaning up against the wall to go and help get the, get Annie checked in. And he wakes up just enough to see a wheelchair sitting there. So he sits down in the wheelchair so he can continue sleeping. And you overhear a nurse and a doctor saying that um, the guy for the prostate exam is in the bathroom and we'll have him in that wheelchair and bring him up in a minute. And then you see an orderly come and take George away in the wheelchair. Yeah. To a prostate exam. <laughs> and uh, then all of a sudden, the next thing is you see him running out of there, tucking his shirt in, going, do I know you? <laughs> <laughs> so he has regained full consciousness, you know. So <laughs> Yeah, I guess a finger up the bum would do that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it would. So um, not that I've had it done, mind you. So George does go into Annie's room. You can arrange he... that, you know. No. Um, so <laughs> no peoples. No, thank you. I am well, you are re- at that age. No, you just keep that idea to yourself, Mrs. Milner. So now <laughs> we have the scene where George goes into Annie's room and Nina is there and they're all excited that he's arrived. And the doctor comes in, but it, it's a very young looking doctor, a, a female doctor. 
And they do happen to go backwards and forwards about, you know, she's no older than Annie and she's not qualified and we need to get a different doctor. How many babies could she have delivered? And she happens to walk out at that moment and she says, well, actually 342, not counting the two that I delivered this morning. Yeah. So they they basically are very sheepish or George, George is very sheepish. And this is when Nina goes, oh, and, and the doctor's like, what, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm just, you know, I'm getting close to my duty. Oh, another bit of a pain and she goes well maybe we could just go go across the call hook you up onto a fetal monitor to see what's going on check you out i I would feel better if i could check you out and nina's like yeah look okay george you stay with annie and i'm just going to go in here everything's fine so of course this is when you know george is in with annie and the doctor happens to reappear in the room and says can i borrow your dad and george goes out and this is when the doctor says oh i just want to let you know she's in your daughter your your wife she's in labor And she's and he's like, no, 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 she's not due for another two weeks. And he goes, yep, well, it's happening tonight. And she goes, now I can I can handle this, can you? But as far as your daughter's treatment goes, I'd like to tra- turn her, her over to the registrar because your no wife, to the chief resident, chief resident, because your um wife is high risk and we're she and she needs me. And he's he's like, okay. So this is when you have the wonderful conversation backwards and forwards with Frank and with George. And George says, listen, buddy. Can you hang in there? Like maybe we can switch. You be with Nina, I be with Annie, and we can switch backwards and forwards. And he's and Frank is like, absolutely, I'm I'm here for you. I'm here for whatever you need, George. And this is when Frank does say to George, "We're bonding right now, aren't we?" And he's like, "Yeah, don't let it go to your head." <laughs> yeah, but it almost it is like yeah, yeah. And I can see that at the end of everything, Frank will be a member of the family. I can yeah, see he'll that. be a good friend of the family. Yeah, I can really see that happening. I can see them calling him uncle frank i can see that too so um as we can see um we're the the baby nina's baby is oh a... oh, oh sorry before we, we yeah. get back into that i just realized we totally skipped over one of the more amusing parts of the film which is it's one of the hottest summers on record in los angeles so they added extra ac to the house so the girls being pregnant have it turned up to absolute arctic and poor george is walking poor george and maddie are walking around in winter clothes winter coats and scarves and hats and everything else and the one time that we see bd wong's character of howard we only see him twice when they're in the hospital and at the doctor's office and they find out that Nina's pregnant and then again, when they're doing construction on the baby wing, Howard is like, I, you know, and he sneezes and he says, I'm sorry, George, I have to leave. I've caught a cold from your house. And that is not unheard of. No. Well, because that as, would be. Well, as, as, as you know, with me going through hot flashes and everything, I have the Akron turned up to bastard and you're freezing. And I'm like, why is it so hot in here? And yet everyone, she looks at me and goes, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm just cold. And, <laughs> and, and of course, Kat's like, well, that's okay. I can turn, no, no, don't turn the fan off. It's all all right. It's fine. But yeah, she's got it cranked up to Barset and I'm in the Arctic. So believe yeah. me, this happens. So we yeah. we will yeah, see my, now. my favorite scene is when he crawls into bed and is snuggling in, and she kicks all the off all the covers, going, "It's so hot!" And, and you and I like, look at each other and just crack up. Yeah, he's got a sweater on. He's got a he's got a, a duvet on, trying to keep himself warm. He's got a he's got a, a woolen hat on, trying to keep himself warm. And she's kicking off covers on, on the top of him. So yeah, yeah, that's that's our house every night. <laughs> Been there, done it, lived it, and bought the t-shirt. Um, so now we see that Nina, the baby is actually in distress. And so we really need to get Nina delivered like right now. 
So we do see that George is standing in the waiting room. And luckily, before Annie goes to get delivered, um, Brian happens to arrive back. Um, As she's on her way into delivery. Yeah. And, of course, she does say to Brian, how did you know? And he goes, well, I got to the house and found uneaten lasagna. So I figured <laughs> something, something, something was going on. So we now see that George is standing in the waiting room, and of course, because she's high risk, there is an operation. That yeah, they're doing a C-section, emergency C-section. Yeah. And of course, the doctor then comes out and, and George and Nina had talked backwards and forwards about the fact that we don't even have a name for the baby, but we find that the baby that's been delivered is a little girl. And we Nina's find baby is a girl. Nina's baby is a girl. And we also find that Annie's baby is a boy. Annie's baby name is George and Nina's is Megan, which happens to be the doctor's name who helped deliver her. Yeah. Which is absolutely wonderful. And I love this part of the movie where George is holding his grandson in one arm and his daughter in the other arm. And he stands and the standout line in the movie is, and I believe this hundred percent life doesn't get any better than this. And that is 100% true. Yep. So now we sit, is there a, now there there's just one little amusing yeah. bit is that when Nina is late in labor, if you listen very carefully, the doctor calls her Diane instead of Nina. Yeah, I didn't I didn't hear that. Yeah. Did you hear does. that at all? That's the yeah, I didn't yeah, I didn't pay that. No, the, correct, the correct reaction, honey, is oh my god, that's hilarious. It is hilarious, but I didn't pay that much attention. So I actually I didn't hear it. But the funny thing is, you know, I I didn't hear that one but you didn't hear the one about the termites so god knows where our brains were at that stage yeah so of course now we fast forward to the end of the movie where it's now time for brian and annie to move to boston with baby george and because so both annie, pieces of news guesses were correct yeah now annie has to move to boston because for her job. she has her job so um they're just standing there and this is when annie presents but uh, george as in george banks the adult George Banks with a little um, present for the baby Megan, which is now his, obviously her, her sister. Yes. And it, yeah. Her sister. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a little tiny by baby basketball, which is just too cute, which is beautiful. And um, the, as the story completes, George starts to walk up the driveway telling Megan about all the basketball tricks that he can show show her. And I don't think you've seen the basketball court yet. We've got a basketball court. Well, it's it's got a ring, but we've got lights and everything. And we see that the, he's walking up the driveway and he happens to get that look where um, Nina is walking up to the front door of the house and turns and looks at George, gives her a knowing smile and walks into the house. And we see that that is the end of the movie. We come up with the end. Now, you did say something about her hairstyle, Diane Keaton's hairstyle this time. It was hideous. We didn't like it. No, it was not flattering to her at all. No, it didn't. It, it didn't compliment her face. But but as we're looking at the house on that final scene, mm. when George is wheeling the baby buggy and going up into the driveway, did you notice that there's no baby suite above the garage? Uh, no, because I think the baby suite would have been at the back of the house, not the front. It was off to the side. I thought it was at the. I thought it was at the back. Okay, wow. Oh, sure. Way to react to my last final awesome. No, I know. I, I no. I just, I just, <laughs> thought I was just trying to do a mental picture of the way the house would look. But yeah, yeah, all the all the bedrooms would be to the front of the house. No, it was supposed to be built out over that walkthrough. Over, yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Didn't yeah. see that. Didn't know. So they didn't. obviously filmed that scene 
earlier than they did when they made the baby sweet. Yeah. <laughs> well, on a, a score of zero to five movie reels, how do I get the last? Now, how long did this movie go for? 106 minutes back to five. And I think for perfect... once we actually pulled in the podcast to, to be shorter than the movie. Yeah. To five, it was a perfect movie and I'd watch it all over again. What would we give this one? I'd say a solid 3.5. Wow. that I That's really low. I thought you were going to go a lot higher than that. I was thinking a four, but the uh, but the first one was a four, and this one wasn't quite as good. So I would say either a three point five or a three point seven five. Mm, I'm going four point five. Really, like, you liked yeah. it better than the first one. Um, I think it just gave a little bit more and more depth into the story. It gave a little bit more depth to the relationship between George and Nina, um, and it's sort of like brought out now that we're we're getting Martin Short's character Frank involved in the family. So it really. It really and he wasn't quite as over the top, which was actually no, really... he wasn't. And I think that's one of the good things about because I love one of the scenes where you know he's trying to get George into the car, so he's pushing him along the ground, as in inside the house, and he stops and he goes and he looks around at the the, the living room and he goes, Oh, I could do so many things with this room. And he goes, This no, this is not the time <laughs> to basically shake himself out of the decoration part of his brain. So, but he really does. He really starts to come into himself as far as be becoming more of a character, more of a, an integral role in the movie rather than yeah. just being that person. So, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoy this one. I'm, I'm definitely giving it a 4.5 because it really does give a little bit more in depth to the movie, but yeah, I, I loved it. This is, I mean, as I said, part one and part two, a standalone great movies. This one is also on uh, um, Disney Plus. So if you've got Disney Plus, please, by all means, go and watch it. It's great. I really do. Yeah, it's it. really a lot of fun. Do we have any more fun facts of the nope. movie? Or is that That's it? That's it. Okay. Well, thank you very much once again for coming to visit us at the Home Class Movie Chat. Uh, next week, we are going to go a little bit darker. Next week, we're going to go down the path of Ethan Hawke's movie, The Black Hat. No, it's and, the black phone. Oh, the black phone. Oh, the, oh, I don't know why I say the black hat. I don't know because why it's because he's got he, black hat. It's because he wears the hat. That's what yeah, that's it true. is. Um, it, the the black phone. And I will say that that one is a bit of a roller coaster ride that we will talk about next week. But that's mm -hmm. our next movie. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time. In the meantime, don't forget your drinks and popcorn, and we'll see you at the movies. Bye, everyone. <laughs>